1: The Rudy Giuliani Show. Good afternoon and welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. Here we are live from New York on the, in fact, that's what I always thought we were. But let me tell you the truth. We're in Palm Beach, beautiful Palm Beach where we uh, have gorgeous weather, and uh, yesterday watched the Super Bowl at Mar-a-Lago with uh, former President uh, Trump and so many of his supporters who all seem so, well, I'd say enthusiastic about the possibility of being able to put America back on the right track, although nervous also about how bad things are. So it's a it's an interesting combination of both feelings, um, a a a sense of anticipation that he has a lead. It seems to be expanding. Uh, the anger and the hatred is still there. The 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 massive effort to try to stop him is still there, but that the uh, issues and the things that are happening both to him and to Biden and to the country almost all of them seem to end in the answer that he would be the right choice uh for president. Uh so let's begin let's begin with um I guess the, what what is the major issue right this minute it's still I think it still carries over because it's such a shock to the system uh and that is Biden's Basic fitness to be president of the United States, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a question, an underlying question that uh, very rarely has America had to worry about. We've had people that were better than others. We've had people that were terrible, people that are great. We've had a few that we know of almost by way of gossip rather than, um, recorded. Uh, 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 un, 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 uh, indisputable uh, history uh, being demented uh, or suffering from Alzheimer's or some other form of inability to function uh, to protect yourself or others. Uh, maybe Wilson. Maybe Roosevelt toward the end uh, unfortunately during the Yalta. The others, I'm sure there were a few others I'm missing but uh, but I don't know that we have had a situation ever like this where the unfitness for office uh, is displayed and, and, and uh, telegraphed to the entire world. We have a, a president who says things that are absurd, that indicate either, um, well, if you didn't know his age, you'd think he was insane. Uh, but given his age... He 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 obviously has dementia. Alzheimer's is one of those illnesses which overlap and uh, tend to make you, um, by every definition of the word, completely ir- irresponsible. So that was the conclusion, really, of uh, of of Mr. Hur, who was charged with the responsibility of determining whether Biden's theft of. Classified material that went on for a fifteen-year period, or whatever, uh, as well as his fifteen to eighteen-year cover-up of those materials, uh, violated a criminal uh, criminal statutes that have been passed against that. And whether he did it deliberately, and whether he should be prosecuted for it, and the the man concluded, uh, Mr. Hur, concluded that. Yes, he had taken documents. Yes, he had taken documents that would be, on the face of it, illegal documents. Yes, they went back way to the time when he was Secretary of State, for which there is absolutely no explanation for taking of these documents, uh, that he took them deliberately, that he knew that he had them. Uh, there was a sequence of uh, co- conversation he had in which he... Uh, uh, Pointed out that these were documents that, uh, his staff thought they were classified. No, his staff said that because they were classified documents, essentially he'd have to turn them in. He disagreed. Uh, but then continued to read those documents to his outside, uh, ghostwriter. All of that was forgiven as not, uh, prosecutable because, uh, he didn't have intent. There's no, there's no magic potion in there uh, that's all made up of all the rest of the all the rest of the evidence and you have to c- come a long way to believe that he is so irresponsible that uh he doesn't remember he doesn't remember that he was in possession of classified material and he doesn't remember that he uh, gave the classified material to someone who doesn't have a classification uh, but at any event, they credit that without any contrary evidence, one kind or another. And they basically say, although uh, he's guilty of possessing, hiding, using, and even uh, disclosing classified information, he's not guilty because he's, his memory has his memory is gone. Uh, and then he uses it for some reason for another comparison. Uh, uh, with regard to that. But the end result is a jury would not convict Biden because they would be sympathetic to this kindly old man who has uh, lost his memory. And then he describes a few of the particulars of losing his memory. He can't remember when his father died. By the year, gets it wrong and uh, gets wrong the the death of his um of his um son. of his son right who um was uh, you know shortly shortly thereafter so what so what how how can you how can you credit the fact that there's an active memory when he can't remember Not just the date, the exact date or the time, but the year. Now, we haven't seen the actual video, nor have we seen the transcript. So it could happen in a number of different ways. Did he, did he, um, is he off by a year or two? The way it's described sounds awful. It sounds like he can't describe it within years. I don't know exactly what that means. It's a matter of concern no matter what, but depends on how serious. Seems to have the same problem with when he left the um, White House or left the job of vice president. Uh, Again, he can't remember it within years now. That's strange because, I mean, that's the election and uh, there was a whole election in 2016. Gee, I mean, that half American remembers that, and he does it. So I have to say that I think including those two things by Mr. Hur was deliberate. And I think the Democrats would get angry then say, oh, he acted deliberately and went out of his way. I don't know that he, that it's, well, well I don't. I think you he put those two things because he wanted to slap you across the face and tell you your president doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and he he's too much of a um of a of a panderer to his bosses to do it the way a real man would, which is just say it uh as well as I think some of the other things here that are very very aggravating aggravating in terms of criminal uh the whole way in which they dispose of the ghostwriter. Is it the ghostwriter or another person? But One of the people working with him, ghost destroying, uh, yes, the recordings, uh, destroying the recordings upon hearing that the uh, independent counsel is appointed is, is uh, really odd. I mean, they don't prosecute him. They don't do anything to, uh, to him. And in similar cases, including a much less egregious case involving President Trump with Walt, uh, Walt Nod, they prosecute him for a 20 year felony. Uh, so for those people who say he this guy was you know sort of in Trump's pocket and was uh, gratuitously trying to hurt he gratuitously the best he could to help, but it seems that he just couldn't resist after all these months, probably of finding out. Letting you know in his way, the guy is incompetent and unfit to serve and uh, uh, as a matter of conscience i' got to let my fellow have have to let my fellow citizens know that uh, he's apparently is surprised by the criticism he's received, which is <laughs> kind of tells you he's kind of naive right he's surprised by the uh, he's surprised by the criticism and He's surprised that the people on the right, I guess, criticize him because they believe that his conclusion, like a a similar conclusion years ago by Comey, is completely uh, off the wall, which is that the president shouldn't be prosecuted. The president's uh, crimes are, by any comparison, uh, much more serious than Trump's. There are many more of them. They go back over a much lengthier period of time. There is no even, uh, exterior, uh, arguable, uh, uh, explanation for it that would make it innocent. Uh, and yet he's not prosecuted. And once again, we have a, D- a Democrat committing crimes at the highest level of our government, jeopardizing, uh, our national security and information and being, uh, being not even slapped on the wrist, basically being found guilty by reason of insanity. And then one says, however, Giuliani, what do you fight about all that for? How can he remain one minute more president if he's unable to stand trial? If he's unable to stand trial, how is he, unable, how is he able to defend you? He's not! Has has any move been made since that was revealed to remove it? No. What are the cowards in Washington doing about it? Hiding. Hiding from the implications of what was said. The implications of what was said set up a challenge of mass proportion, and that is whether anybody in Washington represents us. Now We're going to ask that question when we come back. See if we can find one. Okay. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. He's your Numero Uno. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani.
1: This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show. Uh, You know, the migrant situation has been with us for a long, long time. We've uh, talked about it endlessly. Uh, We've uh, tried... As, as best we can to point out the different nature of it today as of, as of in the past and much more, much more dangerous, much more, uh, brutal form of, uh, of, well, br- brutal group of people coming in at, at, at both times, whether we're comparing this to the, to the migration of the 20s, uh, the migration of the 70s, 80s, and, and 90s, or the migration of today, are all the people bad or all the people good? It's a question of percentages and what dominates. At the very beginning, that what, dominates, what, what dominated were people who came here to work with families uh, who believed they would be able to build a new life for themselves and their families. A lot of time has gone by since then, and most of them have done it. Uh, the second group are uh, the group in the in in the, oh, I'd say starting in the fifties or late sixties that go through the nineties or maybe even into the early two thousand, let's say pre nine eleven, and uh, there we're talking about a, a, a larger number of pure illegal pe- pe- people who are illegal, not just illegally coming in but people who commit crimes and people who commit serious crimes. And then at times, there's a real attempt to take advantage of us like Castro did, but others did also, like Castro did during the Mario Boatlift and just emptied out his insane asylums and his prisons and sent them here. Uh, w- the group that we're dealing with now, by the nature of the fact that they're controlled by the Mexican cartels, skewers, skewers as a, 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 a larger percentage of illegals. We should, there should be no surprise that we have considerably more illegal acts coming from this group of illegal immigrants than we did from those in the past. They're being chosen by the Sinaloa cartel. They're being chosen by any number of other um, uh, groups uh, like them, cartels. So they're going to select. They make money off, off, off legit people, but they make the most money off illegitimate people. So they're going to tend to... Uh, maximize the number of spies, Chinese particularly, because they do business on a daily basis for 20 years with the Red Chinese, uh, terrorists of all different kinds, uh, and uh, people who have large, long, and very, very dangerous criminal records. So that's what we have uh, displayed against us, and we have a president who uh, maybe this is a product of his being incompetent to hold the office of president, but literally, does nothing about it. Oh no, no, he does. He he assisted him from. He assisted them uh, to come in. He invited them here uh, in uh, 2020, with speeches like "Surge to the border. We won't discriminate. We'll bring you in. We need more diversity. This would be a wonderful thing for us." He was echoed very heavily by the guy who described himself as the Biden of the Bronx, Adams, who was the mayor of New York City, who, as soon as the election uh, was over, was beginning to imitate um, uh, imitate a um, uh, like a carousel barker, you know, come to my carousel, we got the best carousel, we give you we'll give you free candy at our carousel. Oh, our carousel, we'll let you, no, we'll let you get on the best carousel right away. We'll take the people we have on there who uh, came here legally, and we'll take the people on there who are veterans, and we'll take the people on there who are even home. With we'll take them off that carousel, and we'll put you on the best carousel because you're the ones coming here. And then when it turns around and he has a catastrophic number of people in the city that are way beyond the resources that he has available, And he already has a terrible homeless problem because, to begin with, he was uh, no better than a uh, incompetent mayor. Now he's a disaster of a mayor. Uh, We have the situation we have in New York City, which is beyond what I think any of you understand. We'll be back, and we'll get you your calls, and we'll explain to you what I mean by that. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani, and I'm back with the Rudy Giuliani show. Before we we cover the rest and we get to your calls, I want to uh, just take a moment out to thank my friend Sid, and and instead of just my doing it, which I've done myself on his show, but let me use some someone who who I uh, greatly I greatly admire. Uh, to To do it, this is for 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 Sid, who went to Israel last week. did a mar- marvelous job covering it. I was on his show on Tuesday, and I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm gonna play. Thir- thir- we're going play thirteen. This is from Alan Dershowitz. It is among the most important defenders of Israel and the Jewish people today, and his defense could not come at a more appropriate time, and in a more appropriate setting. Sid's audience, and he's so effective with his audience, are ordinary folks, everyday folks. They're not the fancy uh, academics. Uh, They're not necessarily the members of Congress. They're the voters. They're people, many of them, with open minds. And they're people who don't know a lot about the Middle East. His recent trip to the Middle East, was so educational and so informative to so many people. Well, I, I, just think, we've, to I send think we've got a the point of that one. Helpful. I must say, guys, go back and check that and tell me a little later. That doesn't sound like Alan. doesn't sound like Alan's voice. I mean, I've known Alan for 50 years, and I've debated him often enough that his voice is pretty familiar, unless it's changed. I mean, it, it's a very, very wonderful tribute, and there's no reason why I couldn't just pretend it's Alan's, because Alan's was... As if not more fulsome, Mark Levin, same thing. Uh, I know the president was very impressed with it. So, I mean, it was a great thing that Sid did, but let's see and check and make sure that that's really Alan, Alan, uh, Alan Dershowitz because it sounds a little off. That's him for sure, huh? Yeah, amazing. It doesn't sound like Alan. My. They're working on his voice. Okay, we got to spend a teeny bit of time on this Super Super Bowl. I mean, it it cost it cost the people who advertised on it uh, half of them half of them are broke now. Uh, I can't believe seven million dollars. If you watch those commercials, uh, some of which were good, some of which were terrible, and some of which were average, um, seven million dollars a half minute. You want to I've, come on over here? I'll I'll give you a much better break uh, for ABC, right, guys? We'll we'll take those commercials. We we don't want seven million dollars a minute. I, we take two, anytime two million or two million a minute. That might not be bad. Uh, I'm not going to do what was the best commercial because I think it's a bunch of jerkiness. That they make it into a commercial Super Bowl. You know who has the best commercial? I thought the religious ones, the ones about peace and lack of hatred and. I thought they were powerful. I thought they were damn good. I think the one that was purchased by Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, who I happen to know a bit, who was a fine, fine gentleman, uh, I thought that was just one of those things that's going to be in your credit when you go stand in front of St. Peter, but, uh, big time in your credit. And I thought, I thought the one about the people all washing feet and saying, you know, Jesus didn't come here to teach us to hate but to serve. Wow. Boy, do we need that. Do we need that? We need that bad. We need that bad. Really, really badly. Big Fanny of phony fame is now apparently got a group of other witnesses saying this might not have been the only time she was putting a hand on taxpayer money to pay for her own enjoyment and at the same time having to bolster it by making it appear as if this had something to do with bringing this case against me. Uh, And uh, she apparently got a lot of trips out of it. But uh, one of the most in- interesting, one of the most interesting ones, uh, you know, is 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 is, uh, is well, let, let's say some of the most interesting ones are the ones we haven't yet discovered if we do discover them, because one of the things that was uncovered this week is that. At the end of last week, rather, is that other witnesses are coming along, talking about the fact that one, they had a romantic relationship before she began working with him, which destroys her alibi that this wasn't, you know, this was related more by his great, great competence and not, uh, or let's say, this was motivated by his solely by his great competence as a lawyer and not by his competence in some other area. Which uh, those of us who are more cynical believe it was, uh, but uh, apparently that area was pr- Paramount because uh, he got hired before the case was being investigated. Uh, when and then a- and two grand juries were developed in order to do the work of uh, one grand jury. Double, basically, let's say double the work. Okay, so. I hate when I bring this up because I think people feel like maybe I'm just you know concentrating on a case that involves me. I don't think so. I think I would be just as heavily involved if she were doing to my good friends, some of whom are in that case, Mark and uh, the president of the United States and Roman. And these are all people I work with, all good people and all people who honestly believe the election was stolen and therefore were pursuing remedies uh, for, uh, for it. The shooting at Joel Olstein's church. Oh, my goodness. Free Palestine written on the rifle. Oh. Oh. And uh, now, let's be very delicate about this, but let's bring it up because we may have to force the coverage of this. The woman that is alleged to have done it, is described and he's the exact words, uh, uh, at the time of, of the arrest, uh, she may have transitioned or he may have transitioned is the way it is said. Well, he didn't transition into a murderer. He was already, but there's a whole bunch of issues as to what, what happens when that happens. So, uh, Moreno is the woman uh, who, who, man, woman, who did it at a criminal history dating back, really, way back to 2005. And she was previously arrested under the name of Jeffrey Escalante. That's a man's name? According to a local uh, station, KHOU. Now, uh, does that raise questions about whether the uh, the shooter was transitioned uh, before the attack on the on the on the church, Uh yeah. And uh, is it going to be covered in a, in in? Um... Will they just leave it like this, or will it be covered? Let's see. In any in any event, the idea of uh, violence generating from the trans uh, community that's in a doubt or in. Uh, uh, a degree of absolute not being able to deal with and understand what's uh, coming about with them is is definitely a real a, a real one. I also I also would like to uh, I would like to point out because this is a calumny against President Trump that I going back a couple of years ago uh, I banged my head up against the wall about and was on many television stations trying to explain that what. Donald Trump said, with regard to the Charlottesburg shootings, was perfectly, perfectly sensible. And other presidents had said the same thing that there were bad people on both sides, and there's no doubt the ones who committed the crimes would be prosecuted, all of them, as many of them as possible. Uh, now, a, an, a, I believe. I don't know Michael Rappaport that well. I know he's an American actor. I know he's had a whole group of uh, successes. But I've ha- I have to say, to be perfectly honest, I ha- I haven't um, paid attention to all of them. I saw a little Boston Public. Uh, and let's say I saw a little Boston Public. Let's put it that way. Uh but michael r- Rappaport, i guess was very very persuaded by that because it's used as that shows that trump is a r- is a racist and i've listened to it as a result of that a few times i can't figure out he's saying there are good people and bad people on both sides it sounds to me like martin luther king jr but let's listen to mr Rappaport and his now analysis of it one thing about the charlottesville that 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 i ranted about yes and I was wrong. About the both sides thing? No, because he
0: said the, the both sides, you know, there's good people on both sides. And when you see the full quote, yeah. Yeah. It, that wasn't what, what he said. And, and and, you know,
1: I, I ranted on him hard for that. Mm-hmm. Hard. There's some video about it, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I ranted hard because I was like, what are you talking about, man? I went through this myself with regard to January 6th and I, I although they deny it now i am fully uh, uh uh certain that this is the reason why i've been suspended from the practice of law and been unable to practice uh, my profession since uh, for 3 years which is a financial burden of massive uh, uh proportions and a, a way to break my heart i was uh, i was suspended uh, it, as part of an attempt to disbar me. They're attempting to disbar me for what they allege are false statements as I made in representing my client, Donald uh, J. Trump. Uh, I didn't make false statements. I repeated statements that were given to me that were going to be possible evidence in the trial uh, to convince the judge for a preliminary injunction and a quick trial. Uh, so the end and, and result is... Um, when, when, when the um, situation took place on the mall, I made a speech about an hour and a half before the president, a perfectly peaceful speech, and during the speech, I said we should have trial by combat. That, of course, uh, set off everyone because they deliberately left out the explanation for it, which was surrounded, uh, oh gosh, I led into it a sentence before or two at the most, and then I spent 20 minutes explaining this was a battle between the two machines, I wanted to take the machine that's at issue that we said produced phony ballots. I wanted to take a uh, a machine that is the uh, model machine uh, used uh, by places like Texas and others to measure the machines. And I wanted to have them have a trial by combat. Let them, let them face off against each other. And whoever wins has to apologize. They made that into, they made that into, uh, forget this was with, uh, Machine teams can be with people, and it was uh, it showed how I was inciting violence. Even though then it was reversed four months later by a judge in the District of Columbia, who wrote an opinion not at all favorable to me. He hated me, hated the, the people he released, released for this. But he's a good judge, and he said there's no evidence of any kind that could ever reach the stage of admissible uh, that, uh, that that that. Uh, Giuliani did that, and he dismissed me from the case. But the bar association continued their mean, uh, vicious uh, ways. Uh, so the uh, the the reality is, you gotta listen to these things carefully. If you look at the entire speech of Biden, that is not a speech intended to rile a crowd up. Uh, about being violent. It's a speech really trying to uh, let them know how good his case was and how he was being treated unfairly in what he regarded, at least at that point in our history, a banana banana republic. Let's go to uh, Robert, because uh, Robert's going to take us to a subject that I do want to talk about.
0: Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Just a few points. Uh, Number one, and most importantly, the election to fill uh, uh, Santos, the seat, the uh, House of Representatives, it's very important to vote Republican. Mozzie, she's running against the Republican. It's desperate because we need to hold on to the House. Who knows what the Democrats would do if they control the House? So it's very important tomorrow's election day to vote for Mozzie. That's number one. Uh, number two, I just want to point out that ye- uh, apparently
1: yesterday, the IDF had rescued two people. Uh, Argentine-Israeli hostages were rescued yesterday. And, you know, it just so happens, uh, we'll take, make out of it what you will, but the Argentina's president had prayed at the Western Wall last week. So we should never underestimate the power of prayer. You know? Well, you're absolutely right, and I'm going to have to take a hard break here, but your point is very, very well taken and very powerful. And we'll talk on it uh, when we get to the mayor's final thoughts. <laughs> America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the Mayor's Final Thoughts, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Uh, don't forget, that's the place where you take care of the people who take care of us for $11 a month should they be injured or lose their lives uh, in the line of duty. Uh, I thought we would spend the final thoughts on the Super Bowl I mean this was a this was a very um interesting Super Bowl, really for all that surrounded it the, all all of the Taylor swift uh stuff that surrounded it for better or worse uh but uh, uh, Ted and I watched it and um and I happened to watch it at the um at at uh, the golf course the trump golf course that President Trump has done for many, many years long before he was president he would have a super bowl party there which i would go to not every year but many years uh this stood on its own ted this was a real super bowl this wasn't taylor smith super bowl. i mean you know she was there and it was a great thing uh, if you like that but th- this was a great game
0: uh, what a what a great game mayor and with the new rules i'm curious as to why mike, Sh- mike kyle shanahan the head coach of the san francisco forty nine ers chose to receive the ball first in overtime <laughs> there 's new rules in the playoffs, yeah yeah, Both the new teams rules get uh, the ball, no so, matter what so I,
1: I was sitting with someone who didn 't know the new rule. I just happened okay. to know the new rule, which conflicts with the regular season rule, yes, which I think is wrong by the way i I, I think it 's ridiculous in a, in a, in a playoff uh, to figure out who 's the best player in the sport to change any rule of the game, yeah, you play the same damn game you play every day, but yeah. in any event that 's a different thing, so the rule now becomes. Which has a certain fa- now could, should, maybe it should be the actual rule because it's fairer. I never liked sudden death. I I was a victim of the first sudden death in 1958 and cried when. Oh wow! Oh, when Baltimore beat us and in Amici uh, Amici went in uh, overtime against the Giants and won the and won the game.
0: Was that famous for being on TV? Was that like the first game on TV? Or uh, uh, one like of the first. That. It was the, the pro- greatest game ever played. It was
1: probably the best game on TV. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: it was a, it was a game like yesterday's that was. You couldn't tell which team was going to win. Were those games played
0: at Yankee Stadium? Back that was then? played at
1: Yankee Stadium in a bit of snow. Wow. Uh, so you got the whole, the whole treatment. Yeah. But I mean, it just was a great game. It was, it was a game in which either team could have won. I think, you know, uh, there's not taken away from it being a great game. It's a game that was almost won by mistakes.
0: This is, yeah, yeah. If I we think
1: of the mistake, you go line up the mistakes made on one, they were, both sides made mistakes. One just made w- one more critical one than the other one more
0: last night yeah yeah and I, I mean kyle shanahan once again this is his third time coaching a super bowl in the last i'd say seven or eight years as either a head coach or offensive coordinator third time he loses and you can look at each of those games and you can look at this is kyle shanahan the head coach of the 49ers just how conservative he seems to get in the biggest moments he is considered maybe the best offensive play caller in the league mayor however Going back to that Super Bowl Patriots Falcons, he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. They blew a he, read, he, read, two Super Bowls he he should read he uh, should read two
1: Super Bowls. He should read I believe it's in Lombardi's biography. Lombardi was as conservative it made Shanahan look like uh <laughs> make Shanahan like a wild man. Yeah. But Lombardi was very conservative in his play calling, except he always said in a big game you've got to come up with new plays because they've been watching you all year and you've got to have a play or two in your pocket that they never saw before and you know who followed that uh um the uh well giant coaches all all giant coaches some of whom could carry it out and some of whom couldn't because of his uh, uh time on the giants which preceded his time on the Vince Lombardi the great uh, on, Vince the pa- on the Packers but I I would say um they they, they, whole, they did a whole thing on Shanahan. This is the third time, twice yeah. as a head coach, one that he, well, come on, not winning <laughs> a Super Bowl. He could have won that Super Bowl just as easy. His dad won a couple with the Broncos. Yeah. Honestly. like Shanahan. Honestly. Luck won that Super Bowl. Meaning those, those, uh, you're going to say, well, um, uh, they took advantage of it at the right time. Yeah. But there wouldn't have been the right time if it wasn't for luck. I mean, uh, a, a penalty, uh, that you don't expect a call that goes one way or another a game that is that close a game that's decided uh on the last play of the game is a game that either team could win based upon something beyond their control yeah. and uh these t- the two t- what you could say about those teams is and i said this when the giants and the patriots uh, played uh, both times giants just proved they were as good as they were even though they beat them because they beat them by 3 and 4 points when yeah. you w- When you win by three and four, who knows? Well, make sure you get to Trumple the Towers, T2T.org, 11 bucks, and you'll be taking care of our best, best people by far. That's Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, the mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani, on the Red Apple Podcast Network.